Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Polygon Forest podcast. I am Ubisoft concept artist Vin Hill, and I am joined, as ever, by indie developer Mr. Christopher Jarvis. Hello. Uh, and uh, this week, um, not much happened, I guess. Like, it's been a bit of a, a quiet news week, but we're still going to plow through, and we're going we're gonna to talk about some stuff, as it were. And uh, we'll, we'll figure something to talk about, I'm sure. Like, there's, yes. There's, there's always stuff to talk about in video games, yes. and there's always something to listen to. So please... Um, Please stick around and uh, listen to what we have to say, I yeah. guess. L- look <laughs> we'll at the, the length of the video and you'll know that we talk about stuff between now and then. Right. Yeah, this is true. Especially <laughs> like if you're watching live, though, you might you might be oh, bothered. Cool, good but, point. But, good point. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. People are watching live. Don't don't try and do that. Yeah. It will only end badly. Indeed. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, Chris... It's been, like I said, it's been a bit of a slow news week. Um, we yes. are, we're we're going to talk through a few points, I guess, like after we've um, talked about what we've been playing. Mm-hmm. But um, until then, what have you been playing? Uh, so I'd finished uh, Eco and I was on a little quest to figure out what I want to play. Mm. Uh, I had to spend out a lot of money with the whole house buying thing. Right. And so, um, and also figuring out that I'm going to have to spend out X, Y, and Z. So money was... It's definitely a factor. So I'm keeping on with my... I thought about trading in my PS Now subscription, like ending it. Uh, it was like eight quid a month or nine quid a month. And I thought, no, just stick with it. And then whatever you play, it's just going to be that much. And, it, you know, that'll be fine. It, it'll be good for the podcast, says Chris in my, you know, past Chris. You know, <laughs> stick with PS Now. It'll be good for the podcast. Try some things out. So I did. So I tried out, um, was it Gravity Falls? Uh, with like this anime character lady, and you can change the direction of gravity by pressing like the left bumper. Oh, uh, gravity rush! Gravity rush! And yep. I tried that for about five minutes. <laughs> really, you couldn't get into it? No, like it. If I was like, if I was younger and I was like into anime and I wanted to be distracted and bombarded with flashing lights and colors mm. then it's yeah, good I see that. Yeah. but my old say three-year-old brain was uh that's also a game dev critic so i i can't play games without like criticizing them it sounds really bad but, yeah i know what you're saying yeah. but i was going okay so they're delivering narrative through like sparse characters spoken dialogue they're then switching to like a comic where you've got to read the panels and there's sound effects and then you've got in-game animation with no dialogue. And then sometimes you've got cut scenes that aren't controllable with no dialogue. And I'm just like, my mind was just like, shit, how are they, like, what the fuck's going on? Like, how are they trying to deliver this narrative in the first five minutes? I don't understand. This was just trying to get up the the narrative. And it's basically, there's a girl. She's lost a memory. There's a magical cat. You can change gravity. Like, it doesn't take that long to establish those facts. Right. Well, she's a superhero because she can control that gravity. And then this evil thing comes along and nearly kills a kid. Does kill a policeman, nearly kills a kid. Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, it's the intro to the game. So whatever. Um, and yeah, that that uh, and that just was just like, no, no, not for me. The main thing was that the the bumper was a bit clunky, like figuring out how to do it. I didn't get it within the first five minutes, and I was like, "Yeah, it's just too noisy." I just want to. My my mind's in a state now where I'm in pretty much the most stressful time 
that anyone can have in their whole lives, going, you know, going from a house move. And so I just wanted a chill out game. So Gravity Rush was not it. So Gravity Rush <laughs> is brilliant if you want to be distracted and dive into something and have bright flashing colors. And, you know, the fact that they've got narrative being delivered in all those different formats is impressive. Yeah. But it was just too noisy for me. Yeah. Uh, so what were you going to say? That was no, it. I was going to say, because I played this game on the Vita back in the day. Because like oh. it was originally was a Vita game before it, um, before I think it was ported over to the PS4. And yeah, I remember enjoying it a lot on handheld because like, I think the way that the gyroscope sort of worked, like you had to actually aim with it and stuff like where you were reversing gravity to fly towards. Sort of oh. So the flow of it felt really good, but I remember playing it on the, um, on a PlayStation controller. It didn't feel as great. It just felt like a very standard bug standard sort of like action adventure, like Japanese game. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't as fun, but great game for the Vito. But yeah, I'm not so sure if it translated over fully to the PlayStation 4. So it's probably, it, it's interesting that you've sort of said them things because it's like, yeah, I kind of felt that when I was replaying the remastered version on the on the <coughs> PS4. So yeah, interesting. Also, you know, the cat's like magical and got like stars on it or whatever. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know why. I was just in the wrong mood, I think. I took offense to the fact they didn't do something funky and crazy with the shader of the cat so that every time the cat moved from one place to another, the stars would animate across it like i don't know why they didn't go mm. with that direction but now that i know it's a ps vita game fair enough because they wouldn't yeah. have had as much uh, yeah i'm curious i'm curious about the second it. game because well it's not yeah. a game that you'd think i would play if anyone knows my kind of right yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you're not a japanese games. you're not a japanese gamer that's for sure. no i'm not really a japanese gamer as, so right. that was a bit out of the box for me and then the second one was also equally as out the box but one that i'm starting to really enjoy now okay uh, it's f1 2020 really okay which is on the um which is on the, on the playstation now uh so it's free so i'm like streaming it like uh I could have downloaded it but i thought i'll just stream it streaming is a bit slow oh but... wait yeah i mean you were talking about like the whole df1 races the other week so this makes sense like you're into this sort yes of stuff. there is there is definitely beyond the objective participation for sure okay um but it's totally different in that well i, I guess it's similar to like football games in that you you in in this game f1 2020 you can like be a player where you're like new you don't i thought you just take on like one of the other drivers yeah but no you like create a driver and the story is that you are a, you must be a multi-millionaire for some reason and <laughs> you you are a driver that creates your own team and oh, that okay. used to happen back in like the 70s and the 60s and things like that but it didn't doesn't happen now so it's totally rubbish like in terms of story and believability and stuff and so you get in interviews specifically with like oh so you own the the whole team and you know you're the driver how is yeah. that working for you it's like that, that never happens <laughs> that sort of st that's a bit wooden but people don't buy those games like people don't buy racing games to for the yeah. story you know well it's the they buy it for the story of the races and how the races work and all this sort of stuff yeah anyway long story short i thought i'll just play a race i'll just do a race because i've got like an hour before i want to go to bed i'll just do a race and it was tough and you do qualify you do three practice sessions you can create your own team and the colors and the logos and all this sort of stuff you go through some like options and you do practice 
one, two, three, and then you do qualifying, which is a flying lap, and you get one chance, but you can reverse time, so it's fine. And then you do the race. And the first race was really like, I went from like the last position because I was just absolutely terrible. And then I won went up into the points for like P, I think I got like P10, like, so I was in the points within one race. So that meant I'd overtaken loads of people in this race. And it was so fun because yeah. I did some, I, I just got a speck of a few nice overtaking bits by the end of it. Cause I played by for a few hours by the end of the actual end of the race. So like every new track, it's like a few hours worth of playing. Cause you do three qualifying, you know, three practices of qualifying and a, a natural race. And I'm playing on like the smallest scale you can do the whole season with all the all the tracks and i'm only doing 10 tracks i've now done three tracks mm. which means i must have been playing it quite a lot actually for me considering i'm quite busy so i must have played it three different times yeah i have done and um man i i don't play these games but it's really fun yeah like even getting into the really geeky nitty-gritty like tire management when you go around corners at high speed you can feel in the controller that you've scrubbed some of the wear off the tires it's that yeah tactile it's that precise and if you go around a slow corner you feel a little bit of a rumble if you go around a really high speed corner and slam the brakes on you really feel a, more of a rumble and it's I'm, i was really surprised about that like how much of the actual visceral experience is coming through just a, a rumble controller um so that was really interesting and you can get really into nitty-gritty detail like you can change how much fuel you have on the car, all sorts of stuff. So you can get really geeky if you're that way inclined. If you're like me and you just yeah. wanted to kill some time, uh, it totally took up my mind off everything. Like I was totally into the whole, right, I've definitely did it, got... Did a, its job of yeah. um, immersion and, and yeah. escapism and stuff, I've, right? I've got to get the breaking points. I've got to figure out this track. I've got to learn the track. I've got to figure out... And then by the third... And also the fact that I get this sense of accomplishment. So when I did my first race... Qualified last, but ended up P10. I've done the third race. I qualified first. I pretty much um, coasted for most of the the actual end race. And then at the last race, I mucked up, mucked up the rewinds. And then it was a real battle for me to retain first place. And it it that happens in Felt in races. Sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So there was that. Yeah. There was that it's, thing. That it's interesting happen. that they're, they're not exactly, well, they are simulating like the way that the driving experience is, but they're simulating the, the actual like internal politics of like what the race is sort of thing, you know, like the yeah. whole management of different things. That's sort of fascinating by itself, but yeah. Yeah. You can do research and development and choose what you want, want more downforce, want more engine management, want more durability, yeah. all this sort of that stuff. Um, I just do. And a lot of stuff you can skip. You can, you can, if you want to, it can be a, a game about research and development because you can skip yep. the races. You can skip all of the driver interaction stuff and you can just spend your time looking at research and development of your team and your car, how you're doing, look at your budget, what can you spend it on. Skip the races. Based on your decisions, you'll come up with a position. Hmm. So it's quite versatile in that respect. So, and yeah, so for me... I was expecting it not to be as enjoyable as it was. So I was really surprised by that. Because I don't play racing games. I played Gran Turismo back in the day. If you awesome. if you do pick up an Xbox, like I can't recommend um, Forza 
Forza enough. Horizon. Yeah. Like it's it's like that was a game that really caught me out of nowhere because I wasn't like I'm I'm like you. I don't play racing games. I don't really play sports games either. I'm just not into them. I'm not the crowd to sort of get them. like more power to people if they enjoy them. I'm just not that sort of gamer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was just something like Forza Horizon is sort of it just takes the like it takes the whole driving experience thing and it, and it makes it fun almost like, yeah. and you can get, you can tweak it and make it neat and great. And you can like set up your desk to have the steering wheel and all the gears and all that sort of stick and like feel it. Like you were saying, like when you hit the corners and stuff, like you can really feel all that. So like you can tweak it to that mm. or you can just dial it completely down as well. Okay. This is an arcade game. Arcade-y. Yeah. Yeah. And blast through like old, like Yorkshire walls and stuff and there's bricks flying everywhere and yeah, you're stuck man on a movie set now and there's not a scratch in the car and you're just flying over the hills and so yeah and it's just like it's great like it, it was actually a really enjoyable uh game for that respect yeah. so it, it's 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 interesting that you're liking the the other end of that spectrum almost yeah. like you're you're liking the like the fact that your tires have wear on them and stuff yeah but yeah and the, the yeah the, the the by the start of the that you can totally tell the difference when you've got softs or mediums on, like yeah. you go for a pit stop. You can totally tell. Like I thought I wouldn't be able to tell. I'm not a very good driver. I wouldn't yeah. be able to pick it up. I've only played like arcade type games, but it's totally that good of a simulation that it it it, it tells the difference. I did play um Burnout Paradise. Was it Burnout Paradise? Yeah. Yeah. That was a cool racing game. So that was yeah. kind of like open plan racing game where they'd have the, the different tracks just in this open world yeah i mean the the only thing about those games like i wish they had more um like fast travel abilities in them because like obviously like the whole point just of the game is you, you just got to drive there and, and yeah. stuff but like sometimes like on uh forte horizon anyway like the maps are so damn big like getting to the other side is just like oh jesus christ it's literally going to take me about 15 minutes to drive over there yeah but along the way you will like inevitably like run into something else that catches your interest as well along the way and then that's the whole point so you get lost in it so and you're subconsciously learning the tracks as well when you get from point a to point b like in gta like you play it so often that you start to know the streets when you do the different missions some of them are you know some of them you need to do driving and because you've been doing bank robberies left right and center you know oh i know there's an intersection coming up just subconsciously so yeah i've been playing that and really yeah it's really surprised and i might play some tonight who nice. knows well I'll, actually i've definitely got a look at the audio for the audio podcast version of last week's <laughs> maybe do that first um, yeah but after that i might play some more f120 uh 2020 and 2021 is out i think as well so yeah i think it's probably just come out they normally release those pretty early anyway so yeah normally so, before the year's even out so the only thing I was surprised about is like, I was expecting not to enjoy it, just have like, a, oh, that was a racing game, go to bed, blah, 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 play a next yeah. game. I was expecting it to look good and not have a good, good experience. I was surprised about how bad it looked, like graphically, mm. compared to what we saw, um, you know, for Forza and stuff. And yeah. other trailers for racing games. So interesting. But that was the uh, that Bit was of the a backwards impact. way of going into it. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe it's, I'm a racing game guy now. Maybe yeah, that's another the, genre of game I've added to my tool belt. It's one of those things, like, I, I, I run into this all the time, but, like, every time I see a trailer for a farming simulator or something, I'm always it's looking like, at that game. Damn, I'm just like, who cool. the hell is playing that? And why is it so popular? And why it's, like, there's so many trailers to this thing? And, like, the new trailer for the new farming simulator um, game is just, 
like the production value on it is way too high for what like that game is you know yeah. like there's like all these crazy like uh, action shots of this like woman like plowing fields and stuff like no pun intended um and action just, shots <laughs> right are you sure that's a farming simulator yeah yeah <laughs> the production value was great it looked real yeah i mean the, the trailer <laughs> is just absolutely like bananas i'm gonna i'm actually gonna find it and let people see oh, it. oh so, that's like, good make sure the audio is working do you reckon that it's really popular because of Clarkson's farm do you reckon this like <laughs> like that was the thing that did it right and i was thinking about that and just the whole because he did the pharaohs wrong and now people who play the farmer simulator can understand the pain of getting your pharaohs wrong right and people understand like what the the sort of like the hardships and what the appeal of farming is i guess hmm. like and just this like the the cg trailer for this was just absolutely crazy just like how high it is uh like production value and but it, isn't it, farming simulator isn't that the absolute uh epitome of um uh, uh what's the value is it value oh god what's the thing i'm trying to think of like farmville uh asset management yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like um, Roller Coaster Tycoon or like... Yeah, um, just simulators or... in general. Like yeah, simulators. Simulators, like SimCity, like, like simulators. Farming is like, is another one that's like totally real. You have to manage your assets and you, it's yeah. crazy amounts of sums of money, but amount, crazy amounts of work done and crazy amounts of square footage to get X amount of yield and... Yeah, yeah. which is, which like... is crazy. Like to me, it it sounds insane, but like at the same time, like I can understand it because like it scratches that itch of stuff like a Stardew Valley, you know, where people like are trying to get like the perfect rows for their certain crops and stuff, so they can like get yeah. enough out of the day, and they're just got these crazy farms and all this sort of stuff. But like, and that's just like the soft version of that. But then you watch some like Clarkson's farm. And then you see like these crazy like people that are just absolutely obsessed with this sort of stuff. Like, yeah. oh, the winner's coming in. Uh, I need to get this yield out and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> this is insane. And then if you, you see play these, it, I bet right, you really enjoy it. This is the worry, right? Yeah. So like, I'm I'm kind of like concerned. Like, should I ever like actually ever download one of these games? Because is might, it on? Is I it? I enjoy the, it. Yeah. Is it on? Um, I think Xbox, it's on Game, Game Pass. Pass. Yeah, I think it's on Game Pass. This so is I, the thing. I could, yeah. Game Pass is going to be revolutionary. It's going to get people to play games they would never have bought in a shop. They would have. This is the power of it, I think. And, you know, I would never buy a farming simulator game in a shop. Right. With a human. Not in a million years. Never. Never would do it. I, yep. I, same with um, Gravity Rush. Yeah, Gravity Rush. Yeah, yeah, I would never pick that up off the shelf and go to a person and say, yeah, I'd like to buy that, please. But I've paid a subscription. I've got nothing to lose. I've got some time to burn. I've heard this is good. Give it a go. Yeah, even even when it isn't good, sort of thing. Like sometimes you're just yeah. curious, like like yeah. morbid curiosity or whatever it is. Just like you just yeah. kind of want to check it out just in case. You know, you never know. But yeah, yeah, I've, I've definitely had them situations where I've been going through um, like Xbox Game Pass, uh, where I've I've picked up or, or I've downloaded certain games. You know, with that sort of assumption, like, oh, this is probably going to be terrible. But you know, I've been mm. curious to check this out, and I didn't really want to put money down on it. Um, too bad we don't have more demos. But this, I think, like Game Pass sort of replaces the concept of what a demo is, which yeah. is a good thing. Like, it's, I think this is great. It's not even try before you buy because you've already bought it. Yeah, yeah like, you just you just try. You know, just, you've paid for the subscription, so you already have that content available. Yeah, and it works it's both weird. ways as well. Like, there's certain games which I was really excited for. 
But then I actually, like, you download it off Game Pass. and like, all right, cool. I've been waiting for this one. This one's going to be great. Hmm. And then you play it and you're like, wow, this is actually really not that great. And I'm really yeah. not enjoying it right now. And this is, like, I'm glad I didn't put money down on this. So it works both ways in that respect. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the most powerful things for it. And I've definitely I'd... had that moment of, like, crap, this game isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, like, I totally had I that with, with Bloodborne. Like, I would have bought that in a shop. It looks like right. my thing. People critically acclaimed you said I'd like it. So it's your fault, really, Vin. But right, I didn't it's pay any my money fault, out. To be fair. Yeah. Didn't pay any money out. So yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, but what have you been playing? Uh, what have I been playing? Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I keep doing this thing, and you'll you'll understand this more than anything. But like, if you're working on a game at any point, like anyone that's listening to this, if you're working on a game and you start playing an indie game, and it's specifically an indie game, okay, you feel guilty for playing the indie game, but you don't feel guilty for playing a AAA game. <sighs> Because the production value is so different that say, so, okay, I could never make anything like this, so it's yeah. fine. Like, and you sort of, like, you consciously place it in a different place in your head, if that makes yeah. sense. But an indie game, it just it just makes you want to work on your own stuff, so it's hard to play. A lot right, of the time. right, right, right. I ever guess have that so. Well, I mean, I've only made. I'm making one indie game. It's the only indie game I've made, and right. it it's. <laughs> Not really. It's like a mashup between some other games, but it's more like it's its own thing. It's nothing I've ever played before, at least. Yeah. So, what? Like, if I played Thomas was alone, would I feel guilty? No, because I'd think that it was like research. Mm. Yeah, that's fine. And okay, back at uni, when I was spending all my money on like HD versions of Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, yeah, I like seventy quid for a game i would say yeah it's research it's research just it's fine you can pay that much money when you've yeah. got like no money as a student yeah but um, i've basically been doing that like it's it's just been playing I, lots of indie games but isn't it research are you taking bits and pieces or i am but I, that concerns me as well because i don't like doing that you know because i don't want to i don't want to basically just make a clone subconsciously almost you know so yeah. i have to i'm trying to like spread it out as much as i can but yeah, I actually, like this week, a game that I've been putting off for quite a while, I finally got around to, and that was uh, Hollow Knight. I finally got around to this. Oh, I want to play that one. I want to play that. So a lot of people have been talking about this over the years. I, like the podcast I used to do, um, Coffee and Beer, a uh, cast with uh, Evan Piotrowski, like he used to talk about this game all the time. And I remember like the, the week that he played it, he just constantly was talking about it, and it, mm. like he really, really enjoyed it. And now I can see why. Like I've started playing it. I've gotten okay. to the second world. Um, it's... It's a great little Metroidvania game. Like if people haven't played it, like it can't. It, from the trailers and the images and stuff, like a lot of people might think that it's a lot more simple than it is, but it's it's it, it's a lot deeper than that. And it's it, it's a it's a great game to be fair. Like and just the animation alone is is fantastic. And I've been I've been having a blast. But it's been really difficult. Like I was mentioning before, but I get. I get half an hour into it and I'm like, God, man, I really want to go and work on my own stuff now. <laughs> so I like, oh, I literally okay. get up and I go and work on my own stuff for an hour and then I come back and play that game. And yeah. it's just like this weird sort of loop that I've gotten into. But yeah. I guess it's different for me because with me, I don't know if it's like this for you, but for me, I have set times that I can do things. So mm. uh, like after work, if I've done all the clearing up and stuff, I can do some indie game because yeah. it still feels like, I'm in work mode. Like after that I work and I've done food and cleared up and everything, I wouldn't go, right, now it's time. I'm in this mode of like getting stuff done that I need to do for the day. Now I will pencil in some like downtime. 
right. and like oh and now i can play that game i've been looking to get around like i only play games like in the evenings really when i don't feel like working on my indie game because i definitely don't feel like working on a indie game in like evening time that it has sense. to be a daytime work mode like daytime brain for sure so right. maybe that's different for me like i've got different no i think because i used to have that when i used to work freelance in the united states like i would go through them phases as well and i would have because i would work throughout the day and then in the evening it would just be video game time like i would just play games then and then i would only work on stuff um during the day and the, and the good thing about freelance is like you might get a job where you work for one week like only a couple of days of that week and then the rest of the week you either have free time or you just you know like you, you've earned enough money from that week basically of uh, from the jobs that you've done where you can just work on your own indie stuff during the day. So mm. you're pretty much like a full-time indie dev at that point. Yeah. Which is which is great. You know, I, I really I really like that side of it. But yeah, it, I, I know I know what you mean by having like the like the set time periods. Like it was always it's always nice to have that sort of stuff for sure. Do you have that thing where like you'll just be trying to get to sleep and then a game idea or a mechanic will just pop into your head and you need to get up and write it down. Oh no, so we've Tuesdays. About You're talking about Tuesdays, right? We've talked about this. We've talked about this. You... Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Oh, there is Thursdays and Fridays as well. I think that happens. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes over the weekend. But, uh, yeah. yeah. That's been happening with me recently. I did about I did I actually did an update on my um my YouTube channel. You did about I this. saw this. I, I haven't seen the video yet, but I saw the thumbnail like this morning. I was like, oh, I'll give that a watch later. But yeah. Um, well, thanks for your support, Finn. Um, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get around to it. That's a great advert uh, for my channel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. So basically, I'll give you the I'll give you the recap now, Finn. So basically, sure. I'm shocked at my own brain that I've been working on my indie game for like a year now, and I'm still coming up with mechanics. And I might have mentioned this last week, but even like the other day. I don't know if you can see this. Basically, like all those ideas are totally 100% new. Yeah. And I'm shocked at myself that I come up with them because I thought that I thought of everything I can do with the very, very limited set of mechanics that I've got in the game. Yeah. So that's all existing stuff that exists already coded in the game. I just got to work. I just got to do timings, trigger points, and, and everything else is area and animation. One of them is just totally a ripoff from Sonic, um, yeah. where you've got spinning, rotating things that can attack you. Like, I have no idea why I never thought about that. My game is very simple. There's an enemy ball that can... Oh, very good then. Thank you. Uh, there's an enemy ball that can, um, you know, kill you if it touches you. And to have them spinning around themselves, like yeah. some of them do in Sonic, I don't know why I hadn't thought about that. I thought about them spinning around like a world and you have to go through the maze and stuff and sometimes yeah. they'll hit you. But like, just bizarre. I thought that everything was done. So that was really weird. But it's no, good. That's, that good. Means... that's the exciting time though. Like when you when yeah. you get through like so much of the game, like, the, like once you sort of lock the idea off in your head, like if a feature comes in that uh, like shoves its way in basically, it yeah. has to be a really good feature at that point to really like break through that wall of like, no, it doesn't really fit here anymore. Like I'm just adding to the pile at this point. Like, oh, I shouldn't add that. Like if yeah. it breaks through that wall to get in, it must be a good idea sort of thing. Yeah. So that's, that's exciting in and of itself, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, you you had that. Uh, I'm not sure if we talked about this before, if this was the pre-show or not. But you say that you don't write them down because if they're a good enough idea, you remember it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it depends what it is. Like I'll because I let I I try to let ideas for certain games fester in my head, like without writing them down for as long as I can, basically until the point where it's like I'm starting to really forget stuff. And when I do get to write them down, it's then I just start writing a game design document. I'm actually going through that this week. I'm actually writing out a GDD for like one of my game ideas because I'm finally hitting the point where it's just like, okay, there's enough here to get down on paper now. Hmm. So it's, and I've done that a few times. Like I've, I've, I've literally got like, I think I'm up to six, yeah, six game design documents I've got fully written out now like for games that could be made it's just i just haven't i haven't gotten around to them because the scope's too big or like i think this one's probably gonna have too much of a big scope so i might have to find like a second developer or something to help me out like just on the code side and so i can sort of hash these ideas out but yeah i mean it it, it is interesting like the the phases that you go through where you, you probably shouldn't write certain things down like if it's a really tiny insignificant small feature yeah like don't put that in. Just ignore it, because then if it comes back later, then you know it's worthy of going into the design document when you eventually do write it. Okay. Them sort so of that's things. different because I, I I know I should I know I should have, but I haven't written a games done document. You shouldn't. Like if you're an indie dev, you really shouldn't. You should yeah. just experiment your way to victory. Basically, that's the best yeah. way to make an indie game. Like, and that's something that people fall on a lot. Like they spend so much time planning, so much time like talking about what they're going to do that mm. when they eventually get to it and they implement the feature that they've been thinking about this whole time and then they realize like oh shit this sucks like this is actually not a good thing yeah but it's so cemented in their mind that they have to keep it in there that's, that's dangerous. a really good point like you if i'd have written it out right at the beginning it would have been a game about going through mazes and each mm. level was a different maze and yeah there'd right. be different features and things happening very very similar to what's happening in the game now but yeah primarily it'd be a game about mazes and if i'd have stuck to that it'd have been a really really bad game (laughs) yeah i mean it's that sort of thing like you don't want to cement a bad idea that's Mm. the main sort of takeaway from it not to say that nobody should write notes down or anything like that everyone's different every the way people work yeah i just i think the the thing that i found that works for me is just not writing too much down too soon sort of thing just let it fester in my head a little bit because they evolve and they change and they twist and they become better ideas or they might merge with something else it's like oh my god that is 20 million times better like why didn't Mm. i think of that before and just when you write it down as sort of you know you're immortalizing ideas at that point because it becomes something concrete other than just a thought yeah and it's it's really sounds really ambiguous and vague and like hey man you know sort of thing but you've got to like that's just the, the deal when it comes to ideas i think i think something does happen in your head uh possibly even chemically like when it goes through the process of the different part of your brain that has the whole you know production like writing yeah. creating something making marks it, it is going through a different part of your brain so you think of it differently when it's just loose in your head definitely. i think so too yeah yeah and I think. yeah it gives you a fresh fresh perspective just by doing that simple thing of writing it down for sure and that's why i yeah have the notebook and i I write them down and i and the fact that i'm not very good at drawing i actually really like uh well i hated it at uni because it's like it's like an arms race of like how quick how quick can i get to being what i consider to be good at drawing mm, uh, I know what you mean. as quickly as possible and you're like comparing yourselves to all your peers and it's horrible yeah. 
But I love the fact now that I draw really small on purpose, tiny little scribbles, because I love the organic shapes that come out of the back of them. And the fact that my game's about circles and a lot of it's kind of like organically inspired. Yeah. Um, Because I wanted, definitely didn't want to do grid system of like up, down, left, right squares. Yeah. I wanted it to look completely, totally different. Mm. Um, that that kind of lends itself to it. And it has a unique, um, some of those acts, some of those lovely happy accidents, Bob Ross. It means that, yeah, some of it influences the actual uh, playability of the game, of, of stuff that I wouldn't have thought of. So I love that as well. Yeah, and I agree. That, you wouldn't get that with a computer and a tablet either. No, not at all. Um, also, you liked the thing that I posted on Twitter about my update for my game. And a lot of people recently have been like liking it and saying, this looks good. That is amazing on Twitter. Like there's been yeah. a lot of negative stuff on Twitter and a lot of... Yeah, I mean, there's certain... Like yeah. I've, I've been saying this for years about um, the certain platforms for different things. It depends yeah. what you're working on. Like, so the concept art sort of uh, community of people mm. will always flood to uh, Instagram because that is the place to be because it's still images. It makes sense, really. Yeah. Like it's still images. You can crop them down, put multiple images in, and then people like like it and stuff like that and it's just it's a great community for concept art specifically mm. um but for indie game devs i've noticed that twitter is the place for them sharing ideas and yeah share, sharing ideas if, if you if you upload a i think like the best thing that twitter does over everyone else is gifts like the mm. fact that you can post a gif it makes the world a difference not even a video specifically like if you start if you can figure out how to make a gif for your game just little snapshots of it that oh, stuff been... just generates so much stuff. I should be doing GIFs. Yeah. GIFs. I keep doing little clips. I should be doing yeah. GIFs because GIFs auto play, don't they? Yes. Damn it. I should and be doing they're super GIFs. small as well. But it, oh. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, but video as well, even, you know, like, I do they, videos. If people have, um, cause the, the thing, the, the bad thing about Twitter, I guess, or the good thing at the same time is the fact that you can, um, turn off auto play for videos. So if someone's scrolling through and they come across a thumbnail that's got a play button on it, like you you would have to physically click, click on, on that. It. Yeah. So it's an extra step for people to see it. But for a like a GIF, like it's just automatically like animating and moving. It might, might make people stop. Like, oh cool, I'm on the uh, game dev hashtag or the indie dev uh, yeah. the indie dev hashtag. And it's like, oh that looks interesting. Like carry on. And then you get kicked up by the algorithm and then suddenly you get another 10 followers from that. You mm. know, and, and like that stuff's important. And yeah, it's you just do not get that on any other platform really. That ease of uh, video and and um, and gifts like Facebook has become just like this weird glob of just there's way too much code running in that website now to the point that it, everything feels a bit mm. sluggish almost. Like it's not it's not as quick and snappy as it used to be, unfortunately. Mm. So it's really not the place for us. But for indie devs, yeah, Twitter is definitely the place to be. It's definitely the place to be. Someone actually compiled a list of their like there is an indie dev doing some indie stuff so yeah you could say it's self-promotion but they spent the time and collected some people that are doing some stuff at the moment and posting at the moment my name was on the list of those people like indie people that this person liked and like yeah. shared it out and even just before we came on this was like last week even what well, was the beginning of beginning of this week actually just gone right. uh because otherwise we would have talked about it last week. And even <laughs> yeah. today, just before we came on, someone like retweeted that tweet. And yeah. and to yesterday or today, I got like a comment from someone going, this looks good. And just have someone like type that little tiny little message, this looks good. 
Makes a difference. It was yeah. so gratifying. And I was like, shit, when was the last time I had like a, a an affirmation of what I'm doing is pleasing yeah. to someone? Like for me, that's been rare. Like that hasn't happened for years, mainly because I've been, you know, totally out of Totally out of the game, totally out of the industry. So I guess yeah, I, mean, you, I, I take that. Yeah, I take that stuff for granted. I guess because like not not because like blow my own trumpet or like that. I don't mean this in an egotistical way. It's just like the the actual industry of what a concept artist does. It's just we're constantly putting out images. And yeah. We're constantly getting feedback, either good or bad, from people. Yeah. So it's something that I'm very much used to. Not not to say that thousands upon thousands of people look at my stuff. They don't. It's just that constant feedback loop i guess like i've never really fallen out of it so yeah yeah it's, it's interesting like to hear you talk about someone that's like <laughs> fallen back into it after a while you know yeah and it so. feels really i didn't realize how much of an effect that would have it's like it properly perked me up and it was really yeah. great and the thing is it's like you say egotistical and it's like yeah i guess it is egotistical but like we create art for people and the only way that we know that is if we get feedback and so it's like i agree is yeah. that ego or is that just artists being artists like artists create for people to yeah react. i guess you're right yeah it's something i don't really it's think weird, about too it? much Cause, yeah because i don't know like I, i'm in this weird situation because as a concept artist you don't really you're not making art for other people really you're just making it for internal production teams it's so just, is we, it we happen yeah right then we happen to release it later on so people can check it out and stuff mm. but ultimately like the main goal of it is to keep it internal it's not for people to see it pretty much yeah so it's, it's a tool to create a, exactly a game which yep. is art in itself but you're a sure. you're a adding your brush strokes to the final piece if you like yeah exactly so it's it's an interesting aspect to it where i don't really consider anything that i do mine <laughs> like per se so it's to be egotistical about it's kind of difficult because it's not yeah. it's not really yours anyway you know i'm very or, much a tour. i'm a no tour in that i'm going yeah i'm gonna make an indie game it's gonna be by myself i'm gonna do it all myself yeah, yeah i'm totally there's not, taking there's the not, yeah there's nothing wrong with that as well like that's that's a that's a, a a massive achievement to be able to like release a game by yourself you know and yeah like i totally see the appeal of it like people like work hard for many, many years to get to that point where they can to have do that. creative control of stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we've talked about this before, like this it, now is the only time that, it, you know, the technology, I guess, for me is viable in any case. So it's Right. And there's that too as well. Yeah. Like we're getting to the point where people can do that. So it, it it's great. It's a really exciting time for indie developers anyway. Mm. But, and yeah. the market as well. The market's big enough for it to be worth my while. So yeah. Even though I'm not doing it for like the money, but if there wasn't that option there, I wouldn't be doing it. Uh, yeah if i get some beer tokens out of it you know yeah I'd indie games is, is is strange because like there's so many different avenues to make money from it basically like if, if mm. you if you get popular enough in the actual making of the game like there's people that have patreons that just the, the patreon money is their income you know and they put the game out and no one no one buys it outside of their patreon sort of Audience. Of like making the game, like how to right. make this game. They do the Patreon of that to teach people. Yeah, or not, I mean. not, not even the teaching of it. Because like, I think some people are just naturally, you know, drawn to people doing something that makes them passionate. So they wow. just want to see the process of doing it. Not to mm. learn from it or anything. They're just excited by the fact that people mm. are, you know, you're watching these people like go through the motions. Because mm. like sometimes like the people on Patreon and stuff, like the actual content itself is free. Like, or you can get it another means, or you don't need to be a part of Patreon to support them in any way. You're just, you're interested in the process of it. Right. And it's just like the, the actual journey of it, I think people are interested in as well. So people make money off indie devs 
through indie games doing that. People sell, mm. obviously, like games that break out and they're a massive success. Mm. And then there's just people, like the vast majority of the people are in the middle that just like they, yep, I finished one game. It makes 20 grand, which really isn't enough to cover the cost, but it's enough to sustain you to make the next one. And then just yeah. enough, like even if it's a part-time job at first, you know. So mm. like the first game that they put out, is able to like that let them cut down to 15 hours a week at their day job yeah and then they just they're making their second game and then the second game gets out twice as fast and then the mm. third game is the same and then like by the fifth game you've got this catalog which people are just buying from from the back catalog mm. and then you can quit and you're just like you're coasting through you know until like you hit your success so there's so That's many the different dream. avenues yeah there's it so does, many different avenues it never plays out like that you're you're it ne it's never linear it's never linear i don't think no. i don't think anyone's had a linear uh success no i don't game. think so either i think Maybe, i think yeah. most people either crash and burn after their first game or they just they hit a success after. or the fourth can just die and you've just right. yeah and then it, it stops that loop comes of out like blue. you being able to have income and then it just mm. yeah it can all be over sort of thing so mm. it's a very it's a very unstable industry but it's a very gratifying industry when like when you get like the random gamers come out of nowhere and they're like yo this is great like thanks for making this you just like mm you're on top of the world you know you oh man it's, yeah yeah it's so gratifying compared to like yeah the people at mcdonald's might be earning more than you or something at some point you know during development yeah but do they get to go home and and be proud of what they did no and that is way more important to me as someone that is making this stuff so mm. i mean i obviously don't speak to everyone because some people are just trying to make indie games to make money but I think if that's the only goal that you're going into it with, then you're going to have a rough time, basically. Yes. I mean, I guess, they, firstly, the only thing I'd say is I think people can have passion for working McDonald's, but... <laughs> yeah, the no, difference no, is no it's disrespect not, to It's not their art. People. Yeah. I think the difference right. is it's not their art. And then equally, the only thing I'd pick up about that is I don't think anyone has made an indie game without getting some sort of artistic satisfaction out of it. Wait, That's no, fair. they do. No, you're right, because people do just rip off other games and reskin it. Yeah, and there's, yeah, that's a huge even, industry as well. Without even yeah. doing their own art. So yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Some people do. But yeah. you'd, it's my dream and hope that everywhere in the indie space, people are getting some sort of artistic satisfaction out of it because yeah. that's what, that's that's what, what really drives me. That's like part of my passion is creating something yeah. to release, to, to exist in the world. Yeah, I mean, the, the only problem which I have with indie industry at the moment, it's not so much with the development side, it's more about the publishing side of how we yeah. get certain games out to people. It's because we're... It's tough. It's, there's no like, compartmentalization, compartmentalization, sorry, I couldn't get my words out then. Um, there's no like way to segregate this stuff out properly like between the different types of games, unfortunately. It's just um indie is its own genre which is dangerous like i don't mm. i don't think we should be doing this as an industry i don't it, i don't think it's fair to developers whatsoever and i don't think it's fair to the great games that everyone's missing out on because there are some stellar games which people just do not touch mm. because they're just put in the bucket with the rest of the indie games yes and the truth of the matter is like they're good a good 90 percent of the indie games on steam are trash like unfortunately that's just the blunt end of it like if we're being yeah. honest about it but there's that 10% that's just trying to like swim above all of that trash to get to the top. And then you're competing with all these other games that are just completely different to you, which nobody can see because you're just in the ocean of just yeah. indie. 
sort of thing, which I don't think that's fair. Like we need to figure out like that. I, I hope like a new marketplace comes along that is a competitor to Steam that is super friendly to Wendy's that is actually, you know, actually compartmentalizes these out properly to the point that like, okay, I like indie games, but I like action adventure indie games. I like Metroidvania indie games. Mm. So you can go into the store and find specific things. I know you can do that on Steam. I know you can filter stuff out, but people don't. That's the thing. It's just how it shows up in the store is not, yeah, I, I, it's just, it's not a very fast system to indie developers is my point. Mm. And I think we need to sort of, as an industry, figure that out because we're missing out on a lot of stuff. And I don't think it's fair that a lot of these people have put, you know, yeah. like years upon years upon years of their life just like to not get the exposure on the other end and then ultimately fail financially because yeah. for a game that should be a success, that should be great. I'm not obviously talking about the games that are bad and don't deserve to float to the top because they're not great, but mm. there's plenty of games out there that do deserve a, a bit of a better shot, unfortunately, but they just don't get it. Yeah, it's weird. Like there's this, like since making a game, I've discovered that what I think my game is, is uh, in the niche uh, subcategory of indie game. So it's like an right. indie game, niche game, because it's quite unique and you could draw similarities to other things, but uh, it's fairly, it's got lots of things which are unique to it. Sure. And it's weird that that, that exists because in my head, I just think it's an indie game. But yeah, you're right. There's so much just crap that's floating in that same pool that you need to try and uh, make yourself different. You know, yeah, it's rough because we because people always give the argument like indie games are you know because there is a lot of crap. That's the reason why, and it's like there's a lot of crap AAA games out there, but we're we're still able to segregate that stuff out properly, you know. Yeah, and we don't we don't we don't give the same we don't apply the same mindset to AAA games or AA games even. Like just I guess the, the bigger the, the, bigger the difference is money. Like money talks. Like if you've got money for a yeah, AAA the market game, power, absolutely, it you sell it, and then if you've got Great marketing budget. We both know who we're going to be talking about. Great marketing budget, <laughs> uh, promises X, Y, and Z, and then yeah. the game comes out and it's buggy, piece of crap. Yeah. With real strong elements of a great game underneath it. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it'd be. I don't think it'd be unfair to go to Shima, man. Like I think, I think <laughs> that game is a lot better than you. <laughs> I one of my biggest views is like a buggy goes to Tsushima the bath scene where the guy's leg is like here. That's like one of my best, <laughs> that's like one of my best performing videos. So it is Ghost of Tsushima talk about, no, it was Cyberpunk. But um, yeah, <laughs> I love the bugs in Ghost of Tsushima because I played it before, uh, like one of the patches. So I was just super enjoying it. It was that perfect um, combination of still totally enjoying the game, just totally into it. And then when the bugs happened, I just thought it was hilarious. One of my one of my favorite like bugs in Ghost of Tsushima, like I'd never seen it because I, I think I picked the game up like a week after it came out. I tried to like leave it for like for the first patch to come out for these things. And like week one patches, like pre-week one patch of Ghost of Tsushima, there was a uh, there was a bug where Jin was like his hands got messed up from the bow or something. And he was just like doing this thing, like just try, I'm gonna find it so people can like check it out while we're talking about it. But <laughs> yeah, I just remember like the crazy, um, the crazy well, hand thing. On my YouTube channel, there's a few of them, like the bugs from Ghost of Tsushima. Like I think it's a playlist as well. Just, just putting it out there, Vin. Just trying to gain some traffic. Plug, 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 plug. Um, what was I gonna say? Yes, we have the technology though. We have the technology in YouTube algorithm to and also dating profiles like the good ones 
where you say, what do you like? Type in these few simple questions and then we'll give you, we'll sift out a load of crap. I mean, the downside is that you lose some gems. Yeah. But that sounds like it's a better way to go than the current system. Or maybe it just needs more money into what we've got going now. They just need to plug more money into, into it. But then what's the incentive? Would they get more sales? I don't know. Yeah. Or just so, leave it up to leave it up to um, content creators. Maybe content creators. That's where they, that's they're filling that gap where Steam that Steam's got at the moment. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I've got the uh, I've got the video on. At the moment. Oh, okay. It's just like like his hands are locked to like locked his, down sides to his sides or something. <laughs> but like, but whenever you get the bow out or something, or you're fighting with the sword, like his hands stay. By like where his hips are and he's just like swinging his sword around like this but it, you can still fight with it like it's still like it's super like it's really operational still but it's just it's I, so good i've got a video of the same thing where he <laughs> where he's dancing on a rock because his uh it's the same thing his hands are by his side and he's dancing yeah. on a rock and he just twiddles around on this little rock it's hilarious great i, I mean when these sort of bugs happen like they're, they're just the best you know it's like funny. they're the best yeah they're the best bugs cyberpunk i've seen a few articles where they're going oh it's been a year or whatever and they've had x math releases let's play it and they're still like game crashing bugs yeah like those are the ones where it's like no or like can't finish mission bugs this is my line um when it comes to like bugs and stuff like i'm okay with like graphical issues like i've played bethesda Mm. games for years for christ's sake yeah i I, I couldn't be a fan of their games if if i wasn't okay with some (laughs) bugs but if it if it gets to the point where it's pulling you out of the experience too much to the, mm. like where it's like, oh, that's, that's a funny Bethesda bug. Like the, like the skeleton, like glitches against the wall and like disappears and stuff like, yeah, whatever, like carry mm. on. No worries. But if you're running through and then suddenly you hit like a crash and then it kicks you to dashboard and then you got to restart the game. That to me is, I, I, I don't like using the expression unacceptable, because I'm not like that privileged to this sort of industry. Like I still think it's a premium industry. I don't, like in terms of like a premium hobby, like like you, these aren't essential sort of thing. But they're expensive games, you know. Triple yeah. A, they're expensive. They're the top end. They're the they're the big ticket items. You I get that, but I, I just don't a certain yeah. level of of playability. For me, it's like yeah, when you clip through yeah. the world, or like if you're driving along, like even I saw. a a tweet today where it's just like I just thought I'd go for a drive around and you can't even go for a drive around without a car landing on you and you just falling through the map yeah and it, it's not it, you're talking about go, um, uh, cyberpunk, cyberpunk right? yeah. yeah no go Tsushima when you're in the car oh okay right yeah. at the end um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no what's the saying yeah the, the thing is when something happens to you and you've you're in that uh, you, you've got that um suspension of disbelief and something yep. interesting and funny happens within the world that's hilarious when something takes you out of that suspension of disbelief like you clip through the world and you're just falling that's yep. not that's not something that you can't it's not passion it's not ground it's not grounded in the world yep. it it's not a funny little episode in that universe that happened mm. yeah i know so it takes out so yeah and if you again, if you go to the main screen and you've just thrown out of your moment, yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's that's only what my line is. I guess I don't even know how we got on this topic of, of bugs and stuff, but yeah. I was gonna, I don't know how, but this started off with me trying to lay up. So we totally failed. Your character <laughs> that you've been working on, your oh, yeah. 
is it Japanese schoolgirl even working on? Yeah, and it just sounds like super weeby stuff. But like, I'm, I'm basically I'm working on a game idea at the moment, which is it's purposefully tropey. Like that's that's the like the the sort of I've got I've got to put that as a preface so people don't think like I'm just. And you're weeby. you're married before you know people right. get any wrong ideas. <laughs> I've, so. got, I've got proof and everything. Not that ring <laughs> like it's proof, but yeah, it's just. I'm I'm working on a really tropey uh, Metroidvania game at the moment. Um, I've been working on a character controller for a while, and I finally got to the point where it's sort of it's usable now. You know, like I could probably drop it into a different game and reskin it and and use it for something else. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm playing with this idea of a Metroidvania where you actually play as a Japanese schoolgirl, and you are. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to go too much into the idea because I don't want to give it away in case it's like indie devs that are out there. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's it, it basically came back from that. But I, I could probably show it. In the, um, yeah, put it up because I really like it. Because I've not seen much of this art style from you before. Because uh, you don't do much a huge amount of character work. They're always in the environment, aren't they? The characters yeah, that you do. I do a, yeah, I do a lot of environmental work. Like that's that's my day job. That's my bread and butter, basically. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought, you know, I'd, I better crack on and do some uh, character work. But yeah, it's show it now, actually. I really like it. And again, it's like in the last like month or so, I've seen so many different like styles of art styles come out of your portfolio. And I'm like, geez. Yeah. Yeah, I, also, like, I like experiment with this sort of stuff, you know. Like it's always fun. In this last sort of even just this last sort of six months, like there's been all the uh watchdog stuff that came out, which I know is old, but it's like that is of a style. And then you've done like your fantasy stuff, and now you're doing like this anime type Japanese schoolgirl. Yeah, I mean this is the thing, I'm like the like, the anime geez. stuff, like that's 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 pretty much how it started out, you know, like when I was a kid. Like I would just draw like these Japanese style characters all the time. Like everyone did. Like I'm not I'm not a snowflake in this. Like I'm not like unique or anything, you know. But it's yeah, it's always it was always fun doing this. But then when I all right, got, Finn, I'm not trying to say you were. Jeez. <laughs> when it when it got to the point where it became a concept artist, so like there's no need for that sort of stuff, you know. Like yeah, you know, there's no there's no call out for oh we Japanese need we need a concept girl. right yeah. we need a concept artist to do like anime characters and so as soon as you realize that you just drop it completely hmm. and you just like you stop making that sort of stuff. I think the industry has changed a lot now. I think there's there are there is like legitimately some jobs for that but still relatively small to the point that you probably shouldn't pursue it <laughs> you know so it's yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's still really a viable um a route to go down but it's 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 fun to sort of experiment with that sort of stuff in a um like an indie in like an indie dev sort of um scenario so yeah yeah it's, I do it's love been, that it's been fun to go back on that it's yeah. really interesting like to see you draw that i'm like Damn. It's like, I didn't know you could do that. Like, I love the hair. I love the glasses. The proportions are really, uh, like, stylized to a really pleasing level. Like, there's definitely some interesting proportions going on there, which yeah, are pleasing. Uh, the, the, reason, the reason why I wanted to draw out characters is because I want to, um, I basically want to, without sounding too crude about it, but I actually want to cut her up and use it as a, like a spot. I know. <gasps> Put her in a blender. Right. Now, now I'm on the FBI list. Um, but now I want to like um, uh, break up the uh, body so I can then put it into a uh, spline editor or something where you can rig it up and actually just animate like the actual drawings itself. Cause I've never really oh. properly experimented with that sort of stuff, but cause I've always done, um, what's call it? Like the, the pixel art animation stuff. 
Because that's what the character controller is that you've done with kind of like Stickman, isn't right, it? That's, exactly, that's yeah. pixel art, basically. Yeah, but the the good thing about, um, what you call it, the the character controller I've made, it's, it's very adaptive. Like, you can put in 3D, you can put in, well, not, you probably could put in 3D, actually. You could put in 3D, you could probably put in um, any type of um, different art style, and it wouldn't be specifically locked to uh, pixel art, which is, that's sort of what I was going for. So I wanted to see if I could actually, you know, properly transfer it over. So, yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. So um, you've got like six games that you could just like start making. <laughs> yeah. It's You're a busy guy though. You've got a day job, so. Yeah, that's too many hobbies, man. What can I say? <laughs> too but many yeah, hobbies. I, I mean, I just thought I'll do one. My first, my first idea I had is what I'm making. That's weird, isn't it? I probably should have done a bit more workshopping. But, you know, <laughs> that part of it was just get it done. The first one is just get the first one out the door. So whatever you come up with, doesn't matter. Just do it and get it out the door. And that's how you learn how to make a game. Just do it. Yeah. So that's very much what I'm trying to do. Whereas you seem to be the opposite, where it's like, let's create six games design documents. It's no, like I mean, improving I've, on each one. Been, then... Yeah, I mean, I've been through that as well. You know, like I've been through the whole work on one project to its completion and i've done mm. that like when we finished our last line of retreat that was that was yes. a good that was a good benchmark for me to sort of figure that stuff out because like i'm not not to take all the credit we we had a like a team of like five different people working on that thing yeah but it, like it, it allowed me to be able to see the process from start to finish and you, mm. you learn a lot from that and i think that's important to learn first absolutely because the opposite happens way too often. Like the thing that I'm doing now is something that people start first. Like they'll just, they'll noodle around with one aspect over and over and over again, but they'll just be remaking characters over and over again, remaking controllers over and over again. Mm. But then they never finish a, a full game, which is dangerous because like, if you get to the point where you're actually coming up with ideas and stuff, you, you don't know what's going to trip you up later on. So it's mm. important to sort of, you know, figure out the process before you're, you're working on each individual little bit, if that makes sense. But yeah. 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 I'm just tripping up, solving it, tripping up, solving it. So I'm doing it a really slow roundabout way, but yeah. that's because my situation, I don't have anyone else to, no one's waiting on me. I've got all the time I need. That's bad because I should have a time limit really, but just, you know, it's just a fun thing to do with my, spare time is creative. Yeah, I, mean, I love I love working on like the the indie game stuff. Like it's it's just it's something that it's so different from everything else I do. Mm. I think that's that's the main appeal for most people that get into it as well like yourself. Like you you're just working your normal job and then you come home and it just it's just like you said like you're doing stuff by yourself and it's just your own world and you just yeah. you're you're just in it and that's it. Yeah. Like no, nothing else is really, you know, it doesn't yeah. influence it or affect that everything that you're doing in the game is is done by you and you sort of understand that and that's that's the the liberty like the liberation of that is just yeah it's you can't knock it really yeah it is really it's a really great feeling to have that control and freedom and your say is no one's going to question it not to say yeah. that you know there's bad stuff where the opposite happens in in day jobs and things but it's just refreshing to have that uh, different approach i think yeah, for sure. You should do, do do a video about your controller specifically because there's some cool stuff there. Like yeah, I, I mean, don't know how much does. I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I've not seen that much environmental stuff in your controller before. I've definitely looked at your controller Twitter. Yeah, but what you're showing is um, 
It's more I tried to, yeah, I mean, than I thought. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, I'm when I work on indie stuff, like I try to stay away from the stuff I normally do, like as much as humanly possible. So, mm. like normally, I work on environmental concept art all day. So the last thing that I'm, I want to work on when is I'm environmental doing, concept art, all day. It, right? Exactly. So, like the the most I've done for my indie game at the moment is just I've done like a couple of blocks in the floor, and that's it. Like I haven't touched the background. I'm like, nope, stayed away, not doing it. You know, but I'm the polish on those pillars thing. is just you don't <laughs> right. know like, like even you've, that you've got no context because you're just in the world so you yeah. have no idea how polished they are yeah like but that, even uh, that crawls me though because it's sort of like because i needed some context a little bit because it was starting to look a bit for the for gifts the, and stuff like when you put it on twitter it looks terrible like it's just yeah a cube sort of thing yeah yeah so i needed to do something but even then like when i finished i was like oh i spent way too much time on that like i spent like a whole day on it. <laughs> to, and it oh, just, man. yeah i should have i should have just worked on the on the code a bit more and made it look better like the actual animation and stuff but yeah it's 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 interesting yeah so you've got like you could argue say like a mobile game that's like a quick simple easy it's like free to play with some adverts in whatever yeah you've you've halfway there with the environment art land <laughs> no i don't know about that you're but, all the way there with the con- with the character controller and the enemies but, as well. but again like we i think we've spoken about this before but the game idea which i've got is unique but the mm. the actual character controller itself is not at yeah. all like it's it's very very part of the course it's a metroidvania character controller you can jump you can roll you can hack and slash you can land on a ledge and pull yourself up yeah and while all that sort of stuff is cool and and like it can certainly look impressive to people like when you when you're making that stuff out by yourself and stuff but ultimately like to the, the average joe that's just sh- like browsing through steam or whatever and he comes across this game and he plays and it's like yeah it's super average like there's nothing new about it and i'm i'm painfully aware of that and painfully conscious of that all the time mm. so when people like see this sort of stuff I'm like oh yeah that looks cool like you should like it could be a game you could just release that as it is it's like no i couldn't <laughs> so i really couldn't because it's just really parts of the course and very very bland like your game to me is like way more unique in that respect you know like in terms of i, I don't know about the story and stuff like that yet oh, thankfully like i, I actually want to play the game and enjoy it like okay. going fresh but at the same time like mine's got the opposite problem of like yeah it might look flashy and cool or whatever but it's completely unoriginal you know so i mean in terms of mechanics though mine is locomotion up down left right but there's no gravity so that's like less of a thing that's not more and then you've got keys and enemies and doors and that's it there's nothing else but there's a lot you can do with that i mean you could boil Mm. every game down to that you know like just having a character move around on a screen is technically unoriginal you know but Mm. You know, you, but, it's it's what you yeah. do with that, in my opinion. Well, I guess my argument is because there'd be there'd be so many people, so many people watching this. A high percent, <laughs> high percentage of the, I'll reword that. A high percentage of the people, I guess, that would watch this would think that all you'd need to do, where you've got that character controller, is yeah, yeah fine, lean into the fact that it's generic as heck, but then just write an interesting story, and then right. I mean, and that's what that. makes. Like the the game idea which I've got, like the unique side of it is what you do with that mechanic. Then, like yeah. what world it's in, like what enemies you're fighting against, like what the story is around that, and things like that. Because we've seen plenty of Metroidvania games which are very similar. Like yeah, like I was talking about before, I was playing Hollow Knight. 
very much the same as like games like Blasphemous, very much the same as games like Castlevania and stuff like that. Um, it's just you're you're sort of dropped into this world and it's about what enemies you fight and the story that you sort of slowly uncover as you're going through these places. That's yeah. what makes it unique and that's what makes it interesting. That's why people love these games. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you take all of, if you strip all that stuff away and you're just like, you're just a character running around in an empty space, hacking and slashing, rolling and dodging, you mm. know, it's just like, yeah, this is boring as hell. It's generic as mm. hell. Like there's nothing unique about this. So it's very much like the world that it goes into yeah. and what it is. But again, like I'm, I'm purposefully um, going into this, the the game idea which I've got is very very tropey on purpose. Like I want to lean into all, like all the anime tropes and and make fun of them pretty much. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of them and there's so, there's some animes out there that do a really good job of, um, like criticism of the like the tropes that are in in like, like being aware the of their own yeah being self aware yeah. yeah and that yeah. is like and some of the animes that you see like and if you're into Japanese culture and or you've ever lived there like I lived there for four years so I was able to pick up a lot of this stuff. And when you see them making fun of their own stuff, it's it hits like 20 times harder because it's mm. like, that is hilarious because they know exactly what they're talking about with all that. And if you ever if you ever watch an anime, um, it's called uh, Kill the Kill. It's on um, Netflix. Very, very self-aware anime. But if you're, if you're like an outsider looking in, it might be considered like, oh my God, it's just like a really garish sort of like typical anime. Like there's... A lot of like half naked girls flying around everywhere. It's just stupid fights. Like the story doesn't really make a sense. But if you if you know anything about Japanese culture or anything about anime, just in general, mm. just the the self awareness of that show by itself is just it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's very much that's the sort of line that I want to sort of pursue down because a lot of people that try the self aware stuff within the indie within the indie scene they sort mm. of fall flat on their face most of the time. So like I'm mm. hoping that doesn't happen. But yeah. So I'll where say. are you where are you in this project in terms of like completion? So you know we you watch the uh the Friendship Onion podcast, don't you? Yep. So let's do the fruit scale. Okay. So like because you've got six uh you've got six games ready to go. Mm-hmm. Where is this game in terms of gonna release it? Is it like the pip of a strawberry right. seed, or is it watermelon? As in, <laughs> as in, right. it's, it's release it. I'm going to release it. It's going to be a release. Uh, I'd say strawberry. Okay, it's about a strawberry right now. I think um, no, because like the it, it's it's interesting because like the game idea is there. Like the, I'm writing the game design document at the moment, and the majority of this sort of game is the character controller. And the fact that I'm mostly there with that, yeah. like after that, it's sort of a lot of the problems have been solved at this mm-hmm. point. So it's very much about like designing like the world and stuff like that. So yeah, it's and the it's, missions it's and further the it's stuff. further than the seed, but it's definitely it's it's not a watermelon by any means whatsoever. Like yeah, <laughs> my my day job is just watermelons all day, so I'm good with that. <laughs> that is a great line. We should put that in a clip. Like my right. day job is watermelons all day. <laughs> yeah, can watch so, the someone, podcast. Someone, someone will misconstrue that in some way. But yeah, it's it, it's still very early days. But I'm a lot more confident about this one purely because I have the character controller. Because like that is fun to use and it's fun to move around with that character hmm. and just even jump from edge to edge and and like cutting up some. Um, I've got like training dummies and stuff if like that. Just swinging got the, swords. If, 
you got the feel, tactile yeah. feedback. It feels good. Yeah. Yeah. It feels, it feels snappy. It feels responsive. Like I'm, I'm actually like you can parry and stuff now. And like when like an enemy is like attacking you, like I've got this dummy that's just like swinging a sword over and over again. And like if you can parry them then they sort of like get stunned and you can hit them and you can only kill them if they're stunned. And like just getting the parry down and, and like how it feels, like just even solving that problem. So you've yeah, even got the tutorial levels done. I wouldn't is what you're saying that. yeah I, like there will be no there will be no training dummies in this game I, I uh. put, yeah foot down <laughs> too much of an ego is that two trophy that. two trophy or maybe like the, the the good way of doing it would be to like okay like fight this training dummy and then the training dummy like evolves into a massive like wooden robot that's just like messing you up like that would <laughs> that would be a that would be a good good way to lean into it and then you go into a coma and then you wake up and you've lost all of your equipment. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then you have Just, to start again and build My character up. won't have amnesia. I'll go from that. Like amnesia characters, like you, games industry needs to stop doing that. Okay. I'm not saying anything. Right. Have you, have, has your character got amnesia or something? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, well, no, it, it can't work. It can absolutely work. But it's... Actually, it kind of... I don't know. It's not. I don't know. Who knows yet? Who knows? It's it's what you do with the amnesia. Like if you're not just like doing to uh, yeah to I fill a know. plot hole. Yeah, it's not right. to fill a plot hole. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Chris is nervous now. <laughs> Look at his face. But also, yeah, we should... I'm leaning into it. I'm, le- I'm doing. I'm doing what you're doing. Somewhere, I'm leaning into some tropes for sure. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's healthy. You know, I think we need to do more of that. We need to be a bit more self-aware about this sort of stuff. But yeah. Yes, that's good. Um, did you want to do a bit about uh, the fact that there's no news? So we talked about where's Sony? Sure. Yeah. What I mean, are they doing? I mean, there's a, there's a very, very big, obvious reason, massive elephant in the room, why there mm. is no news. And that's the uh, Blizzard Activision stuff. Um, mm. Heads have started to roll, as the expression goes. Um, people have started to be fired. I'd say, like people are saying, oh, people have started to retire. Then they're mm. not, they're not resigning. They're not retired. They've been, they've been pushed out. They've been, re- they've been fired. Because you've um, got to give at least four weeks notice. You can't leave within two weeks, can you? Right. A job. You can't retire yeah. within two weeks at any job. No. So there's, yeah, heads have started to roll. The yeah. uh, president of, uh, I think Blizzard. Yeah. So it's the president of Blizzard has left, and also the um, human resource manager. I think it is. Mm. I can't remember her name. Uh, yeah, her name escapes yeah. me. I've, I've really tried not to like pay too much attention to this, not in a negative way or anything. I just after the whole Ubisoft stuff last year, that's where I work. There's a lot of, you know, there's, I'm I'm kind of I'm exhausted from it basically, and I'm sure a lot of other people mm. are as well. And no offense to the victims or anything like that. It's just it's 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 hard to look at this stuff for two years straight, pretty much. Yeah, so, it's okay to take a step away from yeah. news. Like I ha- I've done it as well. It's just the wrong. To, for me, it's just it was getting, it was just getting too much, and I was taking it's heavy, too much on. It's, it's really, really uh, heavy. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, I've I've not I've started not to read articles and stuff. I'm not. I definitely will pick it up when the court case stuff happens. That's yeah. I mean, that's that's when it's time to pay attention. You know, yeah. like when the the allegations turn into like actual court cases where people can actually like we we actually start seeing the facts. We start seeing because. To be blunt about it, the uh, state of California has probably twisted quite a lot of stuff in the um, in the court filing, and not to say anything that is wrong or negative or, or like 
not true or anything like that, but there's, they emphasize certain things to make them seem worse than they are or things like don't, don't like like Blizzard haven't done absolutely anything whatsoever to like prevent any of this. Like, and they'll, they'll, they're basically, they're carving a narrative to present to the thing so it actually gets to the point where they can go through litigation and things like that. So, that's the like, I understand. system, isn't it? You present it's the, legal the system, and there's nothing and, wrong with that. And yeah. that it's an absolutely viable way to get the um, the case uh, before a judge. So, mm. like, I, I get why they did it. But when the actual, um, what you call it, when it actually turns into an actual hearing, then that's when it stuff gets real at that point, basically, for me personally. Like, I'm not, again, dismissing anything. It's just, that's just how I sort of process it. But on the yeah. back of that, there's been a lot of, like, obviously a lot of movement. Like, people have started to get fired. Like, people are leaving. Um, the uh, sponsorships for um, Blizzard yes. Activision things have started to, like, pull out. So I think, I think it was Coca-Cola, I think, just pulled out, maybe. I think it was Kellogg's as well. It's been, There's been a few anyway. Like, you can go hmm. look it up. Like, it's not... It's not hidden from the, like hidden from the public or anything. You can totally yeah. find this stuff online. Um, so stuff's been happening, but because of that, um, we've had pretty much no news from anything from anyone because everyone's mm. trying to stay out of the way of the story, especially Activision. Because I think like at the beginning of August, normally this is when we get an announcement for a new Call of Duty game. Yeah, obviously it hasn't happened for very good reason. Like they yeah. don't want to be absolutely castrated by the public for. Um, the poor timing of releasing that. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so it's a good decision. Say what you will, yeah. but it's probably a good decision for the marketing yeah. team to do that. So, yeah. But because of that, like everyone else normally gets out of the way of this in August, mm. but because yeah. it hasn't happened, there's just there's this, been this, this gulf. weird yeah. void of nothing happening. But maybe yeah, that's why there's been more, maybe that's why there's been more indie stuff bubbling up because that's still been going in the away. So maybe that's why some, I've noticed some more bits that's and fair. pieces yeah. indie wise. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. But I, th I think you just mentioned a minute ago, um, Sony still peeps yeah. from this damn company. Like, where the hell are they? Um, I want some, want some stuff, want some content. We've got to do a I'm podcast. Being, yeah. If I'm being blunt about it, I don't think it's happening. I think Sony's. I, I was thinking the same. I was thinking they've done enough. I think they think they've done enough to at least call it a draw in terms of you know Xbox versus Sony. Yeah. E3. Uh, getting people hyped up for the console launches and you know because we're still having you know console problems there's no incentive for them to get more business at the moment yeah. uh they didn't pay the fees for you know e3 this that or the other so they've not so they've saved their money i think yeah i go it. i go i go back and forth on this a lot i mean the whole like, yeah, you're right, I think, because, like, the console shortage, it's probably a good thing that they didn't release more games because no one would be able to play them anyway. And it's, like, this this growing frustration amongst gamers. Like, I can't get hold of a PS5. Like, why the hell yeah. would I, like, pay any attention to any of this? Like, it's just making them angry. If, um, I, if, get, yeah. I get that. If, um, what's it called, was out? Uh, um, Horizon? Horizon. If Horizon for West was out, uh, yeah, I'd be like... I want to get the console. I want to get the console. I want to get the console. Um, so yeah, totally get it. Yeah, so I, I I get that as a viable like point, but at the same time, like as a PlayStation Five owner, like I'm on the other side of that fence. You're like, like where's I, my games? Right, exactly. So I yeah. have that. I I have the other side of that experience of like, okay, I've got a console here. I've got a remaster Still or remake. Ratchet and Clank though. Yeah, that or is you, one. Or are you going to get one. it when it gets reduced? I'm going to get it when it gets reduced. I think like yeah. I'm not. 
like to me that isn't a not not to say like the quality of the game isn't high or anything and people shouldn't pay full price for it but it isn't a full price for me personally like it's very much a like that's a sale game for me it's not like you're gonna read some spoilers on twitter and it will ruin the experience for you right it's it's very much just a, a fun happy game which mm. is you know I'm, I'm more i'm more than happy to just carry on playing games on um what's it called? um on game xbox pass. game pass at the moment it's yeah. just yeah but there is this weird frustration with me personally because like i'm a playstation 5 owner i would like one of those blockbuster games to come out this year you know i would like a god of war i would like a, a horizon forbidden west but because all that stuff's been pushed out, obviously because of the pandemic and stuff mm. like that, get it, totally get it, totally yeah. understand it, respect it. Um, but it's it would have been nice without the game annu- uh, without the game releases to have some game announcements at least. You know, I think if Sony were at E3 this year, I think that would have done a massive service um, to their player base because right now, not only do they have no games to play, they also have no games to really talk about other than the things that's already been shown. Mm. So it's kind of like you've got this this hunger, this want to see more from Sony, but the, and they've got a lot of stuff coming, absolutely without yeah. a doubt. But yeah. they're just not showing it, so it's weird time, really. It is odd. It is odd. Um, and yeah, I guess. The, <laughs> are you going to jump into the Halo beta, or are you going to wait for the game? I'm going to wait. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of betas anyway because they always. I don't know, they, they do this thing where they make certain weapons like overpowered and stuff and they haven't figured it out yet. So then everyone gravitates towards that weapon. Everyone has a great time because they're just killing people left, right, and center. Game comes out and then everyone's disappointed because they tweak stuff, mm. obviously. They mm. tweak stuff. Um, yeah, it's just whenever I played a beta, I've had that same experience over and over again. And it's it always happens. And it always disappoints me when the, like, the game finally comes out because it's like, oh man, that gun was so good during the beta and now it's not. So... Yeah, it happened yeah. with a uh, Battlefield One. Like one of the bolt action rifles was just fantastic. Like I was just across the landscape, just taking people out, and it was just a ton of fun. And then when the game came out, they like weakened that gun way down to the point that it took like three bolt action bullets to take someone out. And it was just like, oh man, mm-hmm. like this just is not the same game anymore. Still have fun with it when it came out, but it just it planted that seed in the back of my head of. Like, and, it's not the same doesn't feel the same right. mm. and not to say that they do that stuff on purpose by the way there's more cynical people out there that say that oh yeah they, they buff all the guns on purpose so then everyone you know everyone like thinks it's going to be a different game like I, I, I don't know what's what it's stupid yeah what, what, no where's the that doesn't make any sense like yeah, with, just, with, with, just make the good game straight no away pun, no pun intended but like they don't want to shoot themselves in the foot with that sort of thing at all you know like there's no like it's not it's not worth the the pushback, basically. Of- no, and also, you know, games companies. No offense, Finn, but they don't have the best uh, track record of keeping things uh, spoiler free. And if yeah. that sort of practice happened, that would be leaked in a second. Yeah, I mean, this like, like I, yeah. I can't say of this with the whole like when people are talking about Ubisoft and stuff, like all these conspiracies that come out certain things like really yeah. you think like not one of our games can make it out without being leaked but you think that secret was kept really like <laughs> yeah you know like it's so yeah. dumb it's like the the the, the uh, double standard of that is just it it cracks me up every single time oh there's a yeah. conspiracy like the marketing team know that they're doing these things it's like really okay. yeah no they don't no they yeah. don't no, they're not. They're just trying to sell you a game, dude. Like, I don't think they've got these grand, grandiose ideas between all these different franchises and stuff. 
hilarious but yeah it's it's fascinating but yeah, yeah. i think uh, honestly i think like between like sony's sort of absence from e3 and everything that's happened with activision blizzard sort of created this this void and i don't think we're going to be out of this void for like a good few weeks honestly like unless some other bad news comes around which yeah. i hope doesn't happen i i would i would welcome the the dry season for for a couple of months of months mm. but yeah, Actually, timing for me is pretty good. Like, if there was yeah. a massive AAA blockbuster that came out now, for me personally, in my situation, uh, I wouldn't. I'd be. I wouldn't be in it having any fun. I would be like, I mm. can't buy it. I want to buy it. I haven't got any money. Uh, I really want to play it. I haven't got any money. Can't buy it. I haven't got time. That's fair. So I'm kind of happy that this is all happening now because it's the best case scenario in my situation. Right for the for playing games, you mean? For playing yeah. games, yeah. yeah. And I've got my PS4 still, and I'm quite happy playing uh yeah playing the yeah i mean th- this this is the time to catch up on backlog games that's why i just mm. boot up hollow knight because i find i do want to get around to this like people have been talking about it for years and yeah it's it feels good so far so yeah I'm looking yeah forward to jumping that's back a good point week. actually yeah we should call this like uh the backlog season the backlog dry season. season yeah not yeah. dry season just yeah get all your backlog done like you still need to do uh you still need to do mass effect I do. I'll get around to Mass Effect. I'm going to mention it every week. Yeah, yeah. Please keep me accountable. That's that's the best way. All right. That's the other thing. Yeah. People still talk about that on Twitter. It's now getting to that point where, like, the medium average player, since it's come out, has finished uh, the third one. And Mm. I'm getting all these Twitter, Twitters of, like, you know, the... This was... Oh, the actual review of the the trilogy now. No, just, like, people... Not reviews, but, like, just players that... Are just grateful for it and happy with it and like admit they missed it the first time around or they're young they never yeah. had it when they were it was out and um or they, they played it the second time around and just had a completely different uh experience and i'm seeing those tweets and so yeah that's a good some good yeah. news yeah i mean i'm seeing the same thing about um skyward sword from um from a Nintendo for Zelda. I'm just like, it's mm. the worst Zelda game, man. Like, and people are praising this and don't get it. But yeah, that's that's a conversation for a different time. <laughs> I lo- I'm liking the memes. I'm liking Nintendo memes of like the, uh, the um, oh, the Sap Samus, what's it called? Is it Metroid? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Metroid. Like Metroid. leaning over them and stuff with the, like the 25th anniversary thing. Yeah, or like yeah, yeah. Zelda's like on the floor picking up is like Nintendo plays like um, Switch and there's like his swords on the floor and stuff and then there's Samus like over over Link like yeah and what <laughs> it's like twenty twenty six anniversary or something and it's just like yeah yeah I think that's funny but yeah, that's probably a good, good place to um, to leave it yeah we yeah, we should wrap this thing up uh, I think yeah. we went over a little bit ironically considering Ugh. we had nothing to talk about we no we news day. We, no talk about, we talk about ourselves. This is a bit of a masturbatory uh, episode, I think. Yeah, no, it's been good. But, though. you know, every once in a while, that's perfectly acceptable. you got to let loose. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, I know we've got, a, we've got a few people watching live. Um, please leave a comment, uh, like, subscribe. Uh, if you are interested, please um, hit the uh, bell icon to be notified for when we are going live again or when we put up a new episode, which is every single week either on Sunday or Mondays. Like, normally it's on Sundays or now. But, yeah, see how that goes. Uh, Chris, where can people find you, good sir? Uh, they can find me at AcrylicPixel on Twitter and also on YouTube. Uh, it's AcrylicPixels where I uh, do you are. You games. did mention that you um, just uploaded a new video for your dev update for your game, right? Yes, the other day. So I've done an, yeah, a dev, dev vlog update. Cool. 
Yep, and you can find me. I am at Twitter, um, at VinHillArt. You can find me there. Some of my finger paintings, but I'm also probably going to be posting up some more indie stuff soon because now that ball has started to roll, it's... Anime girls all over the shop. Yeah, and we know how Twitter likes the anime girls, so probably probably going to get a lot of attention for that. So it's all good. Um, yeah. Yeah, you can also find me on ArtStation. I am VinHillArt. Um, I post up some of my concept out there, and you can uh, check that out if you're into it. And that's all. Yeah, but I would until, recommend it. It's good. Let's have a good time. Yeah, some uh, some finger paintings on there. But <laughs> yeah, until then, um, until next week. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you later. Yep. Take it easy. Bye. Bye.